as I shared earlier, we've been in a series I've called Heading Home. It's really rooted in Luke uh, chapter 15 and the story, the three stories that are told of something lost being found and the celebration of heaven over hearts that have turned back to God. And for each of us, uh, each week, we've really focused in on a few areas in our life where we sort of wander away from home and we wander away from God. And that there are things in our life that we just sort of get pulled away from God in the sense of trying to find this sort of uh, thing or something that fills the gap within our soul. I think all of us know or feel deep within ourselves that something is missing. And so what we do is we sort of wander away from home thinking that whatever is out here might find, might complete what's missing in our lives. And so we really, we struggle with quite a few things, and there's been a little alliteration along the way to help us remember and try and help me remember as well. And I actually put it in the bulletin notes this week so I could remember as I reviewed with you, but uh, the things in the path that we've crossed so far has been that we want power we want control. We want to feel like we are in control of situations in our lives. And so what we do is we pursue power. We pursue this. And what we discover is, is that we truly need humility. That this thing that's in our life that feels like everything is out of control, we really truly need to trust in God that God's the one who's in control. He reigns and we can trust in him. We talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago, needing, uh, or last week, talking about productivity, that this sense of that we need to produce for ourselves, that I will never quite have enough. And so we keep working and trying to keep providing for ourselves. And what we find is, is that we don't need more productivity. What we need is prayer. And so I encouraged us last week to pray the Lord's Prayer and to go deeper into praying the Lord's Prayer. Who did that this last week? Who prayed the Lord's Prayer with intentionality to say, you know, uh, Lord, uh, we praise you, we honor you, we glorify you, holy is your name, and just working through that prayer in your life. We talked then about uh, perfection, the sense of needing to be morally perfect. Will I ever be good enough? That there are things deep within ourselves, within our hearts, that feels like Man, I don't know that I will ever be good enough, that I'll ever measure up. And so we seek this perfection. And the message that we shared that week was just the reminder of just how much we need God's grace. We truly need his mercy and his love in our lives. We will never be morally good enough. We will never quite measure up, but we have God's righteousness given us through Christ. That is his gift of grace. And so then we also uh, began the series looking at the prodigal son and his asking for his inheritance and squandering his wealth in pursuit of pleasure. And what we ultimately arrive at is that we need Christ. So as we look sort of at where we've been and where we're going this morning, it's another P that sort of grabs a hold of us and pulls us away from God and away from a life with him where in our hearts we think, I'm missing this, I'll never have enough, I'll never be good enough, I'll never have enough to f find completion and joy and happiness. And the thing that I think it's safe to say we all wrestle with is this pursuit of possessions, that we would find the happiness and the joy and the pleasure in the things of this world and expect of possessions to do something 
for which only Christ can do. Let's pray. We'll work through some scripture together, and hopefully we'll see the goodness of God today. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for what this series meant for each of us. Uh, Lord, as we study your word and you reveal to us that there's quite a few things, God, that just, just pull us away from you. But we thank you that the picture we have in our hearts and our minds is of you watching for us to come home. And thank you that you are a father who runs after us with compassion and mercy, who kisses us on the cheek and welcomes us home. And so God, as we point out another way in our lives that we've wandered away from you, Draw us back to you today. Help us to have ears to hear you. May your spirit speak today to minister to our hearts and our souls. Just draw us to you, God, and we love you. We praise you. Thank you for your forgiveness, for your mercy, your grace today, that you love us and welcome us with open arms. May we see you as that father today, knowing you as a loving and merciful God, faithful, faithful towards us, always reaching your arms out to us. We love you, God, and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name, amen. We've had a bit of a sheep theme uh, going on in worship this morning. Uh, where we're going to land the plane is actually in Psalm 23. And just want to keep that sort of in your mind. And I opened with uh, the parable of the lost sheep, which is the first of the three things that are lost and found in Luke 15. Uh, this, this week... Uh, something happened uh, for uh, my family and, and some close friends that we will never forget. It was truly one of the most uh, horrifying, scary moments of all of our lives, our children included. Uh, we went to Lake Michigan, and moms are already settling in on this story. Uh, we went to Lake Michigan on Friday, and by we, it was the crew, which the crew is Ricky, Jared, and Joel, and those are my uh, three best friends from college, and we've stayed close. And now we've all been married, and we have 11 children, and one is on the way, and we will all have three each, and it will be good and perfect, and we'll be done. Uh, so there will be 20 of us, and, uh, and we've just remained good friends, and they've been uh, just great encouragers and great friends in my life. And so uh, we're kind of all over the place. Ricky obviously lives in Bourbon now, but Jared's up in Michigan, and Joel and Jackie, they live in Florida. And so if they're around, we try to get together. And so uh, Joel and Jackie were uh, in Michigan, and so we went to Lake Michigan, and we had a fun day planned for us on the lake. And within uh, the first half hour of everyone getting there, we're in full parent mode on the lake. You know, the waves were crashing in, and they were, they were coming in pretty uh, heavily. And so we were in like full parent mode. We were doing the counting and checking and making sure that everyone uh, was safe. And uh, it, at one of the head count moments, I forget who observed it, but someone asked the question, where's Jake? And so Jake is seven years old, and uh, he... He was uh, nowhere to be found along the beach. And we scanned the lake, and we couldn't find him there. And after several minutes of not finding him in the immediate area, we started asking for help. And eventually, we had 
the entire beach looking for Jake. And, uh, and we were, after the news of what we've prayed for for Brian Walter's church, uh, we were thinking the worst. And all of our hearts and the uh, children, McKenna, she was crying. And Oliver said, I felt like puking. This, this moment was the worst moment of our lives. We could not find Jake. And so the entire beach is looking. Some people went up. Some people went left. Some people went right. And we just scanned the beach. We scanned the lake. And we just kept looking. And, uh, and so I, I went to the right. And I asked, did anyone see a, a little boy with a blue shirt and dark hair? And they said, oh, yeah, we saw him walking with his mom and the lady in the orange swimsuit going that way. And I'm thinking, okay, this is the best lead we've gotten. It wasn't his mom. They just associated him with him. And so uh, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go this way. And so I kept going, and I kept asking. And they said, oh, yeah, we saw, we saw him going that way. And he just kept going. And I didn't see him. And I'm thinking, I just got to keep going this way. People have seen him. I'm just going to keep going. And I, the adrenaline starts pumping. And you start, you just, I ran and ran and ran until I could see him. And then I finally, after a mile, saw him. And I screamed out to him, Jake. Well, when I screamed, there was panic in my voice, if you can believe that. And then he started running harder because I scared him and he thought he was in trouble. And so he just kept going. I was like, oh my goodness, I have to run harder. And I thought about him. And he was so, he, he was oblivious to being lost. He had no idea. All he did, and, like, and he was perfectly safe, everything was fine. In his mind, he was just walking along the coast, and it was he was just tracking in the trail, and he was just looking for things, and that one thing led to another thing, and the, that led to another, and he just kept wandering and wandering and wandering, walking down the path to where he got so far away from us that when we turned around and there was an orange fence line because he got well past the beach area, like onto the public or onto the private land, that he was... Uh, way, way, way away from where he needed to be. And he turned around and he looked and goes, he saw the orange fence and he had no idea that he was that far away. He didn't know that there was any problem. He was completely clueless. And so I uh, picked him up and I walked him back and his dad was not too far behind me. And uh, I handed him to Joel. And uh, we got word back to the beach that he was safe, but... To hear it from Wendy's perspective, Jackie, who's eight months pregnant, her job was to keep Jackie from going into labor. Uh, there were, you know, we all scattered and searching for Jake. And praise God, he's fine. Um, but the story of uh, the lost sheep, the story of Scripture is us wandering away and not realizing that we're even lost. And when it comes to the topic of possessions, I feel like this fits in just fine. 
where we just sort of keep adding to our lives and we just keep, oh, here's the next thing and here's the next thing and we keep adding to our life and it just sort of keeps compiling and we don't really realize at the end of the day how far away we've removed ourselves from God and his presence and his grace and his love for us. That we just keep going down the path and we might even have people in our lives saying, hey, come back. And we just think, keep thinking, hey, we're fine and we don't realize how far away from home we actually have gotten. And the story of the Bible is really a story about what will, we will let possess our lives. And Jesus' warning to us seems to be that we have allowed our possessions to take possessions of us that it, they have worked their way in. As I was preparing and thinking about and praying through and reading this lesson, I was uh, just really struck by how often I look to add possessions to my life and just sort of keep adding them. I, um, I have to make a full confession in front of my wife today. I added more pickleball paddles to my life. The other ones weren't working, and this one's going to help my game improve. This is a full confession. She didn't know about it. Guys, I even snuck them into the house. <laughs> I'm confessing it all here in front of you and bombarding my wife with it now so she doesn't kill me. <laughs> I really thought my life was on the line with this, so this is not recommended. But this is how our story goes with possessions. Maybe this next thing, it served an illustration, honey. That's what it was all about. That this next thing, this next item will be what makes us better, will be what improves us. I got an advertisement for an Under Armour shirt today, and the shirt said that it has, um, it has infrared in it. Guys, this sounds pretty epic, right? Infrared t-shirts, that what it does is it harnesses the energy that you expend, and it brings it back into your body so you can make better personal records than you've ever done before with the infrared technology in your shirt. Who believes that shirt will actually help them run a mile? All right. There's a couple of you, and the, the marketing will work. I think just for a moment how easy it is to keep adding to my life. When I, when I went uh, into, when Wendy and I got married and I moved into our apartment from my dorm room, I used two large trash bags. I realize that that image is great for some of you all, but two large trash bags, and that was all of my stuff. <laughs> I do not think that will still work after three kids and, and just adding, 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 adding to my life. And, you know, you have the space to fill it, so you, you keep filling it. And so it's so easy when I think about this story, when I think about what God is teaching us about our possessions, of just how easy it is for us to wander away from home and keep, uh, keep adding to our lives and keep heading down the path and not ever realizing until we turn around how much we've gotten away from God and worship of Him and trusting in Him when all this time it just keeps pulling us further and further away and we are under a mountain of all of our stuff. I go to our basement and I think, oh my goodness, I need to get out of this place. I look at my garage, we have seven bikes. There's only five people, but we have seven bikes. You know, just in case you need another bike, right? Am I preaching to anybody right now? Am I touching anything? And so maybe, maybe 
for all of us, this is not me talking down. This is me walking with you. We can hear something in today's story of what Jesus is speaking to our hearts when he's trying to help us to see that our possessions have taken possession of us. And so when we look, when we look at Luke 12, starting in verse 13, Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brothers to divide the inheritance with me. And that is just a coded message to say, give me what I deserve, right? I've been, I've been waiting for this moment. Uh, give me my inheritance. I'm ready for this. I, I have a few things on my Amazon shopping list that I've been waiting for. Tell him to give me what I, is owed me. And Jesus, he says, man... Who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? And then he said, so he's basically saying, I'm not going to mess with this, but I'm going to talk to your heart. I'm not going to arbitrate whether or not you deserve this or you deserve that. I'm going to talk to you about your heart and the condition of your heart right here in this moment. And he says, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in in an abundance of possessions. And so Jesus, he brings the hammer right out and he exposes our heart and he says, this is what you're dealing with. You have made life all about greed. You have made life all about getting more. You have made life about never quite having enough and thinking that this next thing will be enough only to find that it's the next thing that will be enough, only to find that it's the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and you've made life that one more thing one more item one more article of clothing one more thing that will bring joy that will bring completion that will make you feel like you have found the very best he says watch out Wake up, look, look at your life, look at your heart, look at where you're going, look at what you're asking. Be on your guard. Guard your heart from this. Know this for yourselves. Remind yourselves daily that life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. It doesn't consist of adding more to your life. And then he tells us this parable. I'll tell you right now that one of the fastest, largest growing industries in America today is storage units. A trip through Bourbon, there's what, 20 of them? I think we need one more. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I will say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. And here's the pointed words. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. 
there are two things I want to pay attention to. And the first is, who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This, this story is about a man preparing something for himself. Living his life focused on getting enough, having enough, finding that he finally has this overflow. And he says, well, I, don't, I could give it away. I could be generous with what has been blessed with me. But instead, what I'm going to do with all of this is build a bigger storage unit so I can keep storing up things for myself. And keep adding, keep adding, keep adding. And so God overly blesses him with an incredible harvest, and he has more than enough, and his decision with his enoughness, I think that's a word, I just made it up. His decision for all of that is to store it up for himself, and he's completely oblivious of what it means to live a life rich towards God. He says, you have done all of this to store this up for yourself, and tomorrow you die, and who's going to get it? And so if everybody else is going to get it anyways, this is his message. Give it to them now. Bless them now. Care for them now. You have enough. Now give it all away. You can't take it with you. I love John Ortberg. He, uh, I, he preached a series, or he had a book. I think it was combination of both it was called when the game is over it all goes back in the box and he just talked about monopoly and it's like hey you're done playing and you put it all back in the box and that's the end of it and it's a really morbid way to look at life but it also has a very good point of just seeking contentment and realizing that we can't take it with us there are stories of preachers that have uh, their casket they've bought their casket and they put it in their office I don't know that that would do well for the feng shui in the office, so I don't do that. Uh, but it serves as a reminder that you're, you are, this is your destination. And so be focused on what's important. And it's not a life in the abundance of possession. It's a life rich towards God. It's a life of storing up for ourselves treasures in heaven. And so I think that we know all of this. Like, I don't know that I'm telling you anything that you don't already know, that we live under the pressure of feeling like we need more and we won't ever have enough. I want to invite you to something that just simply says, here's how you live a life rich towards God. And a life rich towards God begins with a heart that is given to God. It begins with a heart that knows and trusts and walks with God daily. And there is a prayer, there is a path forward for all of us that I think is simply laid out in Psalm 23. And it begins, the Lord is my shepherd. It begins with each of us recognizing that God is the leader of our lives, that God is the one who's caring for us, that we entrust our lives to him. And when we do that, what does it say in Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd, and then what's next? I shall not want. In other translations, it says, I lack nothing. If Jesus is your shepherd, you have all that you need in him. If God is leading your life, you have everything you need in him. And we can start walking back to God. We can start heading home. Once we realize that the shepherd is the one who leads us and cares for us, he's the shepherd who comes and rescues us, and he throws us on his shoulders, and he walks us home. We don't realize how far away we've gotten or how lost we are, but when we know that we belong to the shepherd and we hear his voice and he calls us home, we know we have 
enough in Him. And so I invite you, I invite you to pray Psalm 23. And you just simply walk through the text and you pray the prayer that Psalm 23 is. And so you say, the Lord is my shepherd. And you thank God and you say, and this is in addition to the Lord's Prayer last week as our model. Psalm 23, this week we're adding to that, that we say, God, would you lead me and be my shepherd today? Would you be the one that cares for me? I keep chasing after all of these things. I'm really thinking about getting this Under Armour infrared shirt. I think that will help me get in shape. Let me know today, Lord, you are the one leading me. You are the one caring for my soul. Help me know today that in you I have more than enough. I don't have any other need. I lack nothing because I have you. And man, that'll just eliminate your Amazon shopping cart. What is in there that you think you really truly need when you know you have Christ caring for you? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Thank you for the peace that you bring me each day. Thank you for the nourishment and the comfort and the strength. Thank you for the living water, Jesus Christ. Thank you for loving me and caring for my soul. Restore my soul. Strengthen me. Comfort me. Be with me. Lead me in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. It's like praying the Lord's Prayer of, Keep us from evil and temptation. Deliver us from this, Lord. Lead us down the paths of righteousness. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, though we are filled with news of horrors and evils and we are struck by just how difficult the world is and all that's transpiring, God, let us know that even though we walk in the valley of the shadow of death, we don't need to fear evil because you are with us. In all of these things that I feel like I need to add to my life to insulate and protect my life, that I would have enough and be fulfilled and feel comfortable so that I could live my very best life. Let me set all of that aside and realize that my very best life is with you. Would you pray Psalm 23 like this? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Let it be the steady guide, your gentle correction. While it may hurt in the moment, I was watching the 4-H kids whack their hogs in the head. And sometimes, I don't know if it was, that was maybe a little much, but it, but it was to go this way. I don't like praying, God, whack me upside the head, but sometimes we all need it. A few of you more than others. I won't say any names, though I'm tempted. I ask God to deliver me from temptation. He's answering that prayer. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Help me to love them the way Christ tells me to. Let me today love my enemy well. Share a meal with them, care for them. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in your house forever. Anoint me with your spirit. Anoint me with your presence. Give me your comfort and peace. 
Remind me daily and every moment you're with me. The Lord is my shepherd. In him I lack nothing. I think we know where possessions takes us. And I think we know how real the temptations are. And there's no one innocent of this. Jesus has a lot to say about the greed of our hearts and this temptation to just keep wandering further and further away from God. We know the truth. The Lord is our shepherd. We know the truth that in Christ, he is enough, and only him is he enough. And whatever has taken us away from God, whether it's the seeking of pleasure, whether it's the seeking of possessions, whether it's the pursuit of power, whether it's productivity, all of those things that sort of, we try to fill our lives with to gain control, to gain a sense of belonging, to gain a sense of having enough and feeling a sense of belonging. We won't ever fill that deep longing in our hearts until we make Christ the shepherd of our lives. And so this is two things. It's, it's one, it's a reminder to all of us who our leader is. It's a reminder to each and every one of us that God is the caretaker of your soul and he loves you through and through. He tells us later in Luke 12 that it is our Father's good pleasure, it is his great pleasure to give us the kingdom. He's not trying to hold back for you. He's trying to give you everything you've ever needed in him. And it's the kingdom of God made available to you. And so this is one, in one part, a reminder And two, it's an invitation. That if Jesus has never been the shepherd of your life, today's the day to do that. That God is calling you home. And you may have wandered so far away that you may think that there is no one still looking for you. And trust me, God is still seeking you. God is in heavy pursuit of you, and he wants you home. He loves you. And he sent his son to rescue you and die for you. And he was raised from the dead and he reigns today. And this kingdom is for you. It's God's great pleasure to give you life in the kingdom of God. Would you accept that today? Accept Jesus as king and find life in him. And it's in that truth that we live a rich life to God. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Life life consists in the blessing of others. It's in pouring out what God has poured into you. Life of mercy, of kindness, of grace. What good things has God given you to share with the world today? And if Christians would let that message capture their hearts, how might our community be different today if we realize that all of the blessings of God are not to be stored up for ourselves, but his grace and his mercy and his love would be for our community. And that's what VBS Week is all about, sharing with kids that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that Jesus is the bringer of the kingdom and good news for them, And so join me praying for every kid who comes this week to know that Jesus is their shepherd.
It's going to do something cheesy like Jesus is the ticket to ride. But uh, I did it anyways. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. Thank you for Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, our Redeemer, our King, our salvation. And we praise you, God, that no matter how far gone we are, no matter how many steps away from home we've gone, no matter how far, God, we feel like we've wandered from you, your grace is sufficient to redeem and save. Your salvation is for us, Jesus Christ. And so whatever the enemy has said, whatever uh, evil has been done, whatever hurt has been suffered, whatever sin has been committed, God, may we know today that we are redeemed and saved. Let us today, Lord, throw off the shackles that possessions have made of us and let us not cling so tightly to them, but cling ever so tightly to you, our Savior, our Shepherd, our Leader, and let us know the truth today that in you we lack nothing. We're missing nothing when we have you. Call us home. And we know that when we step towards you, in this moment of repentance, this moment of admitting, God, we've allowed possessions to take possession of our hearts. God, let us throw this sin that has so easily entangled us and let us run this race of faith with you. Running with you, not against you. Running for you. Caring, uh, Lord, for what you care about. Remind us today that life is not found in the abundance of possessions, but in the blessing of others. Thank you for your blessings. May they pour out of our lives. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Will you stand in response?